0: Good morning, everybody, and a warm and hearty welcome to each and every one of you. Isn't it a beautiful day, friends? Absolutely gorgeous day. Um, there's something special about walking up to the church and seeing those cherry blossoms. Am I right? I uh, played my first cricket game of the season yesterday. For those of you who don't know what cricket is, it's that ball with something that looks like a base bat, flat. Hard leather ball, usually red. Um, and there's, we played at the Meadows, close to the university. And there are a lot of blossoms, cherry blossom trees there. Um, and there was a bit of wind. And as we were playing, a lot of the petals just blew over the cricket pitch. And it was something to really savor and take in. And my hope and my prayer is, is that we will have many of these moments in the months to come. And also spiritually speaking, you would have a moment like that this morning where you are in absolute awe and adoration of our loving Creator God. I want to ask you, what is your charcoal fire? What is that special place of encounter for you with Jesus where He reminds you of who you are in your true identity as His kin, as His beloved. And that in the way of Jesus, in this place, you are reminded that failure is not the end of your story. And let's be honest, these moments often occur during a failure. Maybe a failed marriage. Or maybe a failed harvest. Maybe you failed to finish your degree. When we fail, we are forced to take stock and to explore why. And then to seek the way forward. I looked at many definitions of failure, but this one stood out. It says a fracturing or giving away under stress. And I want to talk today about failure for two reasons. The first reason is is failure is kind of like this golden thread that runs throughout the entire Bible. I don't believe there's one single character in the Bible that was without fault. And secondly, because it is so part of our lives, failure, as human beings, it's so normal to, to fail or to feel like we have failed others. Maybe it happened to you this week when you forgot to put out your bins like me. Or you've failed to be patient once more. Or you're having a bad day on the golf course. Why can't I lose that winter fat? Will I forever forget to filter my words? Must I always be late for a meeting? And how long will I continue to compare myself with others? It's exacerbating my own feelings of insecurity, worthlessness, and failure. Come on, we've all been there. But friends, let's be honest, failure isn't necessarily all bad. It could lead to your charcoal fire moment. Or maybe serve as a catalyst for it. There is a Catholic priest I quite like, Richard Rohr, and he says the following, there's nothing to be learned from success after you turn 30. I wonder if you would agree with that. There's nothing to be learned from success after you turn 30. Ask the guy who bought Twitter Twitter, um, a social media online platform, for $44 billion, if it is worth it. If he learned anything from his experience. I read an article this week saying, imagine what that would have meant, that amount of money, $44 billion, what that could have done for climate change, maybe ending world hunger. It said later in the article, $44 billion, would fund the whole of America's tuition at a community college for five years. Success is relative. Failure, too. But failure seems to be a much greater teacher than success. We can all testify to that. Friends, this is the notion that Jesus understood very well. After the events of the Easter weekend, Jesus' followers seemed stooped and steeped in their failure. We know how they left him in his darkest hour of need. How they fell asleep, Peter denying Jesus three times. They go out fishing to soothe their hurt and their embarrassment. And they can't even catch fish anymore. One had to wonder if they sat there silently on that boat. Listening to the lapping of the water against the boat. Maybe a few seagulls in the distance. Wondering if the pain would ever subside. They failed him. How could they have failed him after everything that he had done? Bitterly disappointed. Failure after failure after failure. And they're ready to head home. After a long night, when they hear a man shouting, Other side! Put your nets on the other side of the boat. That evening's frustrations and failures soon melt away into the past, as the net is raised to surface, revealing a tremendous catch. John recognizes Jesus, Peter jumps off the boat, swimming ashore. And then that beautiful moment, that moment of reconciliation and healing around a charcoal fire for breakfast. Have you ever noticed the following in our story? Not only is Jesus busy preparing this breakfast, but he also involves the disciples. He empowers them. He says, bring some of the fish you Have just caught. He could have easily said, Bring some of the fish I helped you to catch. Even though they are failures, Jesus gifts them with a grand catch and supplies them with some dignity in the process too. And then that charcoal fire. I want to read you one commentary says that moment. That interaction, that encounter at the charcoal fire, saying the following. The only other time a charcoal fire is mentioned in John's gospel, as I think we, many of us know this, is the fire outside the house of the high priests where the servants warmed themselves in the cold. It was the very same charcoal fire Peter stood next to as he was asked three questions and denied knowing Jesus three times. And now here on the beach Jesus cooks their breakfast over a charcoal fire. And we discussed this a bit when we did that series about the senses, didn't we? Neuroscience confirms that we've all experienced smells have a strong link to memories and emotion. So imagine imagine Peter's experience arriving on the beach, soaking wet to see his friend Jesus And being greeted with a smell that took him back to that night he'd been trying to forget for weeks. Just a few hours before, on that dreadful, humiliating, terrible night, Peter had made a grand promise that he was ready to die for Jesus. In effect, Peter claimed that he loved Jesus the most. And then, when the robber met the road, It appeared that he loved Jesus the least. What a build up to a very important conversation. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you really love me? Do you truly love me? Do you love me more than these? Then being confronted with his own brokenness, thinking, maybe, maybe I don't love Jesus. The best. And folks, it's interesting. Jesus is very intentional from start to finish, pulling up Peter's shame and guilt. It's as if he's saying, Let's get to the hurt. Let's not pretend we could talk about anything else like the weather. Let's make sure we both know what we are dealing with right here, right now. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. In this moment, Peter was bearing the weight of his denial. No longer could he rely on his own strength to carry him through the night. No longer could he forcefully advance the kingdom of God on his own. He was blameless no longer. His cowardice had been on full display, and any reasonable man would know him to be unsuitable to carry the kingdom banner. His strength had failed him, and everyone knew it. But instead of berating Peter for his lack of faith, or for his failure to express his love and faithfulness through concrete actions, Jesus issues a call. What is it? Feed my lambs. Peter has failed multiple times. Yet, Jesus calls him back into service. I don't know what you've done in the past. Who you've hurt. I don't know if you feel inadequate this morning. But this story, friends, proves that God can use you despite Your failures. Peter had been reconciled back to God. For in the darkness of the courtyard, Peter had denied Jesus three times. And in the breaking light of morning, three times, Peter had declared his love for Jesus. And sometimes it happens. Sometimes we are buried in shame. embarrassed that we aren't who we want to be or who others perceive us to be. And it feels like our hopes and dreams fade away. Our promises die. And sometimes, folks, it even feels like part of our identity fades. But what is it that we celebrated a few weeks ago during Easter? Don't we celebrate that death is not the end? And that death, friends, actually gives way to a whole new kind of life. A life that says, we don't have to be successful to be loved. Even if we fail daily, God's love never fails. It's striking that the culture you and I, we live in, prioritizes and almost glorifies success. We, we, we kind of feel we need to prove our worthiness and value in terms of worldly success. And we know it's infiltrated the church as well. We kind of look at membership numbers and we look at how much we give. It's tiring often. We feel like Peter after a long night of fruitless fishing. Maybe you feel like that today. Maybe you just feel, what's the use? What's the purpose? Can't do this anymore. You know what, and I, and I really hope, I hope this liberates you. Jesus hasn't called us to be successful. He calls us to be Faithful. He doesn't call us to be successful. He calls us to be faithful. And being faithful doesn't always look or feel like success. Is it possible that God can work through your failures? That God even uses your failed attempts for His glory? Our running away, our fears, our doubts, our half-hearted attempts, our shame, and our guilt. Why else would, would Paul say things like, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made complete in weakness. We are not called from our places of success, but from our failures to engage in the ministry of care for God's church. For when we are weak, we are strong. When I am weak, I am strong. And I will conclude with the following. And this is what God is about. What seemed to be the greatest failure in human history Jesus on the cross became the greatest source of a future hope for you and me. What seemed to be the greatest failure known to mankind became the greatest source of hope through Jesus' resurrection. And the forgiveness he extends to each and every one of us through that. And so I want you to do three things this week. I want you to acknowledge, I want you to offer, and I want you to claim. I want you to acknowledge that you've gone through seasons in your life where you have felt like a total and complete failure. But while you do that, I want you to take stock and ask the Holy Spirit to remind you of the lessons you've learned through that. Socrates famously said and you've heard me quote this before the unexamined life is not worth living. So take a step back, go back, reevaluate. Look at your past failures and see how God has been glorified through them. How he's used your failures for his name's sake. The second thing is is to offer the failure that you are experiencing right now. Whatever it is. We are human, we are sinners. That is not our true identity, and it doesn't define us. God's love defines us. But you are going through something where you feel a bit like a failure. There's a bit of disconnection between you and a family member or a friend. Offer that to God in this moment, whatever it is, whatever situation you are in, whatever form of disconnection there is. And trust the Lord that He will provide the right moment To kickstart that process of reconciliation on the beast. Acknowledge, offer, and then lastly, claim the recommissioning. How does our story end? It ends in the same way it started for many of these disciples. Leaving behind their nets and their boats. A life of, of familiarity in following Jesus. So claim that for yourself. Don't allow the hurt and the shame to keep you from following your true calling to fellowship. Take heart. In the way of Jesus, failure is not the end of the story. In many ways, it is just the beginning. May that be true for you today. In this very moment and in this week to come, as we approach and enter summer and you smell those charcoal fires, be reminded of this story. Be reminded of your forgiveness and that nothing you ever do will be able to separate you from God's love or your calling because of his extravagant love for you. Amen. Receive now the blessing of the Lord. May you go out and have many similar encounters. Where you find your charcoal fire. Where you find your healing, your mending, and your restoration. And may you create this space for others as well. And may the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you now and forevermore. Amen.